With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hey everyone, Matt Beamer here within the Marbles. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We have a lot to cover as far as news and auto racing, so let's get started. Drivers, start your engines! Yeah, here we are again. Late start, late episode drop this week, Preston, but we finally got our schedules aligned that we could do this. Yo, yeah, sorry. I was I thought you were still talking. Yeah, I wasn't anymore after pitched it to you. Well, we were still going over the whole producer thing, which we need. We do once we hit it big, hit a produ- need a producer, but you never hey, we could get one one day. But hello everyone, I'm Matt Beamer alongside my friend Preston Lude. This week, a little, like I said, a little late start, but we're finally going to get one out to you guys, an episode out to you guys. What's going on, Preston? A lot. A lot's going on oh, right now. Like what? Uh, well, other than the usual thing that we talk about every week with the global pandemic. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm hitting the table here. Uh, I've been back to the doctor a couple times. I don't know. Things are a little in limbo at the moment. Just in limbo? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess I could say that. It's just a little, it's a confusing time right now. And and I'm sure it's not easy, you know, just going through this whole thing, what's going to be in the future. But rest assured, everybody out there is praying for you, thinking about you there at the firehouse and wants nothing but the best for you. Oh, that's good. 
So, okay, we're going to just hop right into it because we got a lot of news to cover, a lot of interesting stuff going on here in the world of automotive sports. And I don't know about you, but I'm fulfilling my time here while I'm at home, trying not to go out as much with old NASCAR races. And I just watched a 2004 spring Rockingham race. Oh, that's a good pick. That was a fun race to watch. And it's so nostalgic because in 2004, only three drivers still race from 2004. Mm. Harvick, Kurt Busch, and Jimmy Johnson. And that's it? That's it. Yeah, 2004 was a long time ago. I forgot what year we were in, to be honest. Yeah, that was 16 years ago. It's a long time. It was a long time ago, but it's still fun watching those races. I don't. I didn't watch the 2000, or 1998 Daytona 500. I'm sick of that race. Oh, the 98 one? Yeah, I think everybody might be. My friend, I want to say everybody's kind of sick of that race, but I know we just keep replaying it. That seems like a go-to race for everybody especially if you were a Dale Earnhardt fan or just kind of stuck with Dale Earnhardt. But like I said, we got a lot of news to cover into. So we're going to hop right into it. So NASCAR wants to try to get cars back on the track as soon as possible. And NASCAR is talking to a lot of governors and a lot of individuals in order to make this happen. Adam Stern tweeted Tuesday, NASCAR and SMI, Speedway Motorsports Incorporated, are currently talking in talks with Rockingham Properties LLC about replacing the spring race at Texas with an event at Rockingham. I could be okay with that. I think everybody would be okay with that. I think we've been saying for a long time here that Texas needs to go away from one race and keep keep one race in Texas. I like Texas, yeah. but bring back Rockingham. NASCAR has shown big interest in keeping races in the South to potentially resume the current season. To keep um, in the close proximity where pretty much teams in a, are. They want to go within like maybe a five-hour radius, I want to say. So Martinsville's still on the map. But they want to, the talks have been also floating around about Darlington moving up to Southern 500. I was a little confused about that. They would be replacing the mother, um, geez, mother the Labor Day weekend race and moving it, is what you're saying. They would be moving the Southern 500 up. Oh, but I thought they're they not going to be. twice. See, okay, there. so back on, again, on Tuesday... NASCAR is considering running its first race in mid-May, mm-hmm. potentially one week before the Coke 600. Some teams are pushing forward to be at a track within driving distance of Charlotte, i.e. Darlington. Darlington. One of the driving distance options is now being considered as Darlington, which would be run with no fans. That's mm. I want racing to come back, but do I want it to come back with fans? How are they going to make money? I don't see yeah. how anybody there is going to benefit from that, except maybe TV audiences. Sorry, if a race comes to Darlington, I, really I want to go. go. <laughs> I want to go to Darlington. It's two hours up the road, right. and I would gladly take a day to go up there and spend it there and to watch the race. Yeah, I would hate to think that the race is so close and I can't go. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I would. Think I think a thing. lot of people are on the same boats with us because the way I see it now with SMI in talks with Rockingham Properties LLC, SMI buying Rockingham, putting it into rotation. Yeah, that's what needs to happen. That's, I, that I would think, be the most logical thing to do. That would do. be the most logical thing to happen. I think that's going to benefit. I think a lot of fans will come back. Trust me, you put that track in the rotation and that would probably that's gonna be sell the, out. That's going to be the new Bristol Night Race ticket. Yes. It's going to be tough to get a seat to that track, I feel. I think that if they bring it, you know, if they start the season at Darlington, maybe let's, limited tickets? Let, let's, say, let's say not start the season, resume the season. Well, I'm sorry, resume the season. But, I mean, like you said, you have to have some kind of fans there. How else are you going to make money? You know they're going to want to make money. 
Of course. I'm more than willing to spend a lot of money at NASCAR races every time I go. I think if they... I will buy a $60 die cast just to have some man, a, a driver sign the windshield. Yeah. <laughs> I will yeah, buy two. Would. I bought two of them at Darlington, Daniel Suarez and Daniel Hemrick. And I would be glad to do that every time. I think limited tickets would probably do the trick. Put tickets out there and let's see if fans are really scared about this coronavirus. I'd buy. I'd buy. If I get sick, I I could get the flu or cold at a NASCAR race. Yeah. I don't know. I would take a chance. It's outside. I, I would too. It's outside. It's, yeah, you're not going to be social distancing much, but your race fans aren't known to be social distancers. No. If you ever been to a line at a bathroom at a NASCAR race, there's no social distancing. That line None whatsoever. Will be, that line will be a mile long every caution. Well, that actually, that depends. On what? Well, the women's line, yes. It was very no, long. No, the men's line. line at Daytona was astronomically long. Oh, when I go to Darlington, I never have to wait in a line to go to the bathroom. I don't think Even I went during to... during a caution. I go, well, okay. The point is, <laughs> social distancing is going to be an issue at NASCAR races regardless, and to try to police it is going to... Turn to some people that's away. That's going to be a lot to But I, I'm with do. you. I'm with you. I think they should race with the fans, hold out until the fans can go. Because you want to see a boom in the economy. There's your boom. There's the boom at a NASCAR race. <laughs> boom. Confetti. That's right. Confetti. <laughs> so, um, and then also another piece of news, Adam, or Steve Phelps, as per Adam Stern, Steve Phelps is, thinks that NASCAR has secured a broadcast window for the upcoming shutdown because, quote from Steve Phelps, we are probably the first league to say to Fox and NBC, hey, this is our reserved, our revised schedule. Mm-hmm. And will you clear us? Phelps said Fox and NBC responded, absolutely. Oh, yeah. They, NASCAR why they want that on jumped TV? right in there. Now, another thing I'm seeing, too, a lot of doubleheader talks. Formula One's still kind of in the dark. They're really not releasing much, right. as far as I saw. But NASCAR is in talks with Indy. To make doubleheader weekends, I would love that. Listen, doubleheader weekends would be a win easily. Now you talk about NASCAR throwing out their revised schedule, and you know Fox and ABC and all them saying yes, absolutely, of course. You put sports on TV right now in a sportless world. And NASCAR, it would be like the seventy-nine Daytona five hundred where everybody was snowed in, and yeah. every the only thing to watch is NASCAR. NASCAR. You might get a bunch of new fans coming in. Yeah, and it, even if you make it a doubleheader. I'm going to watch. Yeah. As far as the all-star race, I saw on Twitter, this is unconfirmed, the all-star race has been scrapped. Just for this year? Just for this year. Okay. Well, I I feel like the NASCAR... Because that's when we're looking to come back. May 16th is the all-star race. Yes. May 24th, the Coke 600. This is still subject to change. Mm-hmm. A lot of... It, this schedule might change next week and then the following week and then the following week until they say this is exactly what's going to happen. But as far as I'm seeing... As per Bob Pockras. Pockras. As, as per Bob Perkris. I cannot say You're that. You're just guy. butchering everybody's names. Well, I. This is Bob Pockras. As far, as far as I could tell with him, haven't heard anything about the All Star race that has been scrapped at this point or still anything's possible. I, they probably just scrap it. That's probably, probably the best interest at this point. Probably scrap yeah, it. Scrap it. We don't need the All Star race. It's fun. I enjoy the All Star race immensely. I enjoy it, too. I just think that they need to be going to switching it up every year at this point. I think yeah. there could be a couple of tracks you but could run in all But it's nice right to there. have people there in Charlotte for a few weeks, spend time with family and stuff. I but at this that, point, I'm pretty sure everybody, yeah, I, I want to get out and get back to my work. I wish that they would bring everything back that had to do with All-Star Weekend, too. You know, But that's for another day. You know, like, All right. 
pit, pit crew challenges and stuff like that. You know? Yes, I agree 100% on that. But that is all the news I have. You have anything else? No, that, other, other than that, I mean, that's pretty much the only things I'd seen. Yeah, just, it, just talking so about, just stay fluid. Yeah. But if Rockingham comes back, I'm going to try to buy a ticket. Ooh. I don't care where it is. I'm going to go try to buy a ticket. It'd be very tempting to. There's no temptation. Do it. Just do just it. Do it. <laughs> just, just do it. Just do it. So that was news. And now I got a fun debate segment coming up. Here is the debate. With iRacing having fixed cars and it being in the driver's hands, should NASCAR level a playing field like that? So instead of having Joe Gibbs, Penske, Hendrick run away with stuff, should yep. everybody be on equal grounds? Because now we're seeing drivers on equal playing grounds. Granted, it's a simulation, and a lot more people have a lot more experience in that. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing drivers like Kligerman, Timmy Hill. A lot of people didn't know the name Timmy Hill until he won Texas iRace. Yeah, that's true. You think put it more in the driver's hands and not as much as in the competitor, uh, as in the machine's hands. Or is it more about the driver or the car? Well, okay, so let me get this straight. So it is equal on iRacing to a certain extent, correct? Correct. correct. You can only change steering ratio, brake bias. You can't, like... And that's it. It you has nothing you don't to do cha- with, like, air pressures in the tires or nope. anything like that still? Same air pressures. Really? Same tape configuration, same gearing. Everything is the same. I just, hmm, you know, I for the longest time I always thought that it needed to be equal in NASCAR. For the longest time, I thought. Well, I mean, not you know, back in the early two thousands, I didn't really think so much then. But I don't know. Like lately, I've always thought it needed to be equal. Just I don't know how much you could really police that. Yeah, and that's the tough part. And and that's where it's kind of do you have like just one manufacturer of engines mm-hmm. and just machine them exactly the same transmissions, same gearing, and have someone place them in and say, this is the gearing. Same chassis and say, everything's the same. Tires, have Goodyear put the tires on, air pressure them up, and say, here you go. Yeah, man. I Okay, so remember the All-Star Race a couple of years ago when they ran this weird package? Do you remember the... The, the downforce package with the restrictor plates? Yeah, and everybody's running wide open yep. at Charlotte the entire way around, and it was just like this... Big and I, field. It seemed yeah. like everybody was almost equal there then, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the most exciting all-star races I had seen in quite some time, to be honest. Okay. I I think, it, in a way, yeah. I think it would be, I think we should have equal cars to see. Because there, I, I promise you, there are plenty of drivers out there that have the talent that just don't have the equipment. We all know that. Right. I mean, look at the Benedetto. He had the talent in Levain family racing. He goes to the Wood Brothers. We have yet to see yeah, what's going to happen. Yeah, he has yet to really see it develop all the way, you know. But he has talent, clearly. Absolutely. You put him in a Joe Gibbs car, does he do way better than what he did? You ha- you just have to give him, a, you know, with everybody, you just have to give him time, maybe a couple races, and he'll figure it out. Right. Everybody has different, All every team has different, I guess you could say, a style or, you know, setups or something, you know. But I just... As far as trying to keep an equal playing field and police it. I put it like this. Look at BJ McLeod racing. Yeah. Bottom fielders. Mm-hmm. Always just bottom of the field. They make the races. They run. Maybe they don't run competitively ever. Yeah. They're one but, of those. Um, but you find an equal. You find the common ground between the Joe Gibbs and the BJ McLeods and 
put them together and the average kind of comes out and say, this is what everybody's running. I mean, of course we would have people that say, oh, you know, the cars don't need to be equal. And, you know, that's ridiculous. And half of, and part of motorsports is development for street cars and the ability to say, look at what Toyotas are doing. We're powerful on the racetrack. Mm -hmm. Look at formula one Mercedes dominating. Yes. Yes. Whereas the Williams, not so much. They fell off so bad, and they're not even in the same ballpark in Formula One anymore. It's like, oh, my goodness, what happened mm-hmm. to them? Right. But if everybody was equal, like on Formula One racing games, you could say you could have a little check mark that says equal cars. So whether you're running a Williams or a Mercedes, you can. It, yeah, everybody equal cars. Maybe I need to look into that. And that it's not a matter of this engine's more powerful than this or this aerodynamics more. Everybody's equal. And I'm not saying this is the way it's going to go, but I'm just saying I think with iRacing, it's raised a lot of questions that I think we can look at something like this or maybe try it in ARCA. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Have, or the truck Nash, series. Or the truck series. Have everybody, because Kyle Busch Motorsports in the truck series is way above Rayoon Brothers Racing. Mm-hmm. But if they were equal, maybe Rayoon Brothers Racing will have a chance to put their name in the spotlight and get more sponsors and you know, and right. then these guys will invest in them because Kyle Busch is an established name in the truck series. Rayum Brothers Racing isn't. No. As much. They're established. They got a good team, but we'll make it better. We'll make a better all-around product for NASCAR. It could. It could, honestly, because there you have those fans out there that are tired of seeing the same people almost winning every single week. That's why it's not fun watching Formula One as much as it is anymore. Right. Unless, you, unless you're a Lewis Hamilton or a Mercedes fan, you're not enjoying it as much as a Daniel Ricciardo fan with Renault. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is ridiculous. Because I know once Hamilton gets in front, he's going to win. Unless it was the, unless you're in Germany during the 2019 Grand Prix. I mean, I can, I can attest to a video game when I raced Formula One. Because what's the great equalizer in Formula One? Rain. Oh, yes. Let me tell you what all about rain. I, you know, I'm in a career mode and I started out with Haas for a couple seasons and I would always finish, you know, mid-tier, seventh, tenth place. If it was raining, I was always hoping for rain because that is an equal playing field right there. Right. The restrictor plates on NASCAR, equal playing field. Yes. That is what makes it fun. That's what we got to see, in, like, at Charlotte. That's what we got to see race. at Charlotte, and that's what you get to see at Daytona, mm-hmm. Talladega. Anybody can win that race. But I think maybe making the cars more equal, and that sucks for the teams like Gibbs who spend millions of dollars on transmissions and engine development and all winners. that stuff to be winners. Yeah. But then you got the teams like BJ McLeod racing who can only spend thousands of dollars. Well, have it, hasn't NASCAR in the last, you know, however many years just trying to work towards helping e- level the playing field out or they keep coming out with all these things, but it doesn't really seem like it doesn't seem like it's making much of a difference because who's always up front Stuart Haas racing, Joe Gibbs racing, Penske Hendrick. Yeah. Jack Roush now a C team, you know? So could we, I think it'd be interesting. And I've been thinking about this debate for a while. I think that'd be a fun thing to see. I think so. hmm, For me, it's yes and no. I just, I'm, I'm like in the middle. I'm in the middle as well. It's just, Yes, I would love to see equal cars because there are guys out there that have talent that they don't get to show the fans. Because comes once come back on the track, Timmy Hill's not going to run up front anymore. No, Timmy Hill's going to be in the back. Mm-hmm. Kligerman's going to be in the back. Busher's going to be in the back. 
even like Kyle Busch, who doesn't run well on that, is going to say, this is exactly what I remember, and I'm a race car driver, and I'm going to go up to the front because that's where yeah. my equipment will take me. Mm-hmm. But with iRacing, everybody's on the same playing field. I like, You know, that's... It's not, I really like... This is a very good debate segment. I'm not going to lie. This I, is very good. I've been thinking about that since I've been watching the iRacing and doing iRacing. You know, it's not about, can I tune my car perfectly to go? Mm-hmm. It's, can I find the right line, save my tires, and get to the front? And that's what makes it fun. Yeah, when you hit on the whole video game perspective, I mean, I really, I got it easily. Because when I raced Formula 1, like I said, you work towards gathering points, resource points for your research and development team. Yep. And I got, you know, I was working Haas up there. But, I mean, I'm still running fifth, sixth, finishing fifth and sixth. But the next season, two seasons later, Mercedes signs me and I'm winning races all of a sudden. It's right. just a clear difference. Easy. I think that I think that'd be fun. It'd be, it'd be cool to kind of test it out maybe somewhere. Like right. the All-Star Race. The All-Star Race was a good test for that. Yeah, that do it at the All-Star Race. Do it at the lower levels. Because mm-hmm. we're going, we've been delayed on the Gen 7 car. That's not yes. coming out for another year. Yeah. So take this time and try to make it as even as possible. I mean, Joe Gibbs is still going to place Joe Gibbs engines in there. So is Hendrick and everything else. Yes. But maybe do something. I don't know. And that's just my two cents. That's what I like to maybe see. I guess we should probably ask the fans what they think. We should ask the fans. I put out a poll. Yes, a poll would be a good one. So that was our debate segment. And now we get into NASCAR news from virtual Richmond and on to virtual Talladega. Green, green, green. So uh, did you watch the Richmond race? I um, Honestly, I caught a little bit of it. Um, I did actually watch another iRacing, the um, Coca-Cola e-racing series. The, the one, I watched that. Yeah, the main one. I watched one. a good a bit of that the other day, Those too. are fun to watch. Those yes, are the actual enjoyable. sim racers, and, and mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun to watch. But the Invitational one was fun. It was fun. They took away the fast repairs, which pretty much means if you wreck and you're severely damaged enough, you can't drive oh, you get, anymore. you don't get the reset. You don't get the reset. All right. So they took that away. So a lot of people were a little more cautious and stuff. I'm curious to see if they'll bring that back this week. Bring that back this week at Talladega. I think you bring back at least. I think you need at least one reset. See, we we don't get that luxury in any in regular eye racing. Right. Oh, so let me let me say this. Did you know that they have a uh, a um an e racing series for the NASCAR Heat game as well? Did you know I, that? I do I saw know it that. On Facebook. And, but I'm not a much of a Heat fan. I don't. I don't think those games are very good to begin with. I've no, never, the na- the I game been a fan of those. The NASCAR games on the consoles, I've never liked. Ever since I discovered NASCAR Racing from Paparis, which is an actual simulator, which is so much more fun to me. And then once it started developing more into NASCAR Racing 2002 and 2003, which from 2000 NASCAR Racing 2003 developed into iRacing, mm-hmm. I've never I've raced the video games. I call those video games. I mean, I've, I've never enjoyed them. I've enjoyed. Okay, so before the NASCAR Heat series came out, there were other games on the console. Yeah, NASCAR, and I enjoyed like na- those, like the EA Sports games, and those weren't even as much fun as I had fun racing online. But I mean, like, iRacing is probably way better because you get a bunch of bozos online who like to wreck people and drive backwards, and it's just a whole mess. But yeah, I, I don't enjoy those. I, you know, I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting into iRacing. It really looks like a lot of fun. And that's what I like is to be able to have a game that kind of gives me more of that realistic feel. And NASCAR Heat 4 doesn't really do that for me. NASCAR Heat 4, and, and like I said, games on consoles don't do that for me. Yeah. Na- the NASCAR Heat games, NASCAR anything, 
because once you start to my to me to my opinion the high standards of iRacing and the high standards of those type of games on the PC which are actually simulation based mm-hmm. everything else is stupid yeah me. I mean heck the Formula One game I played from 2016 I think is way more advanced than the newest NASCAR game there is out there on console honestly and which racing the other day Lewis Hamilton my own teammate wrecked me into the wall and he flipped and landed upside down on top of me. Oh, that sucks. It was awful. That sucks. But and see again, that's a video game and and ultimately iRacing is still a video game. Right. But I, I think it was anyway, we go back to iRacing. The race in Talladega this weekend, I think well anyway, well first William Byron won the race at Richmond. Yes. And I overall gave it an eight point five. I've been enjoying watching and, these races. You know, they're not as exciting as it was the first time where everybody's figuring it out and what's going to happen and this and that. Mm-hmm. But I, I've really enjoyed the void has been filling for me. But a big, big piece of news coming out of that. I wanted to save this for Talladega. So the racing Talladega this weekend on iRacing. Yes. And during the broadcast, Clint Boyer and everybody said to Jeff Gordon, you should do this. Uh, I did hear about it. It has this. been confirmed. Jeff Gordon steps out of retirement to <laughs> Quote, participate air quotes. air quotes to participate in the virtual Talladega Pro Invitational Series. So Jeff Gordon will be racing. How do you week. think he does? Oh, he's gonna bomb it. Yeah, he's not gonna do so well. No, I don't think it's gonna go very well. <laughs> it's gonna be fun though to see him race. It's fun seeing like Bobby Labonte race again and Dale Junior race again. Yeah, and all these guys racing, and it's so much fun watching these guys it's just it's just it's a blast you know like clint boyer a couple weeks ago at bristol when he's talking about bobby bonnie he's like i'm gonna dump that old man yeah and then he did and then he did <laughs> but then <laughs> oh great. geez and then the benedetto got parked after yeah at richmond too but jeff gordon is going to be racing this week and i think that's going to be a lot of fun you get two commentators because it's fun watching boyer i love i just love watching he's an all-around just he's, he's so funny, funny. but i th- i think that's going to be fun watching jeff gordon Race. I just, I'm going to do that in air quotes again. Fun times that NASCAR always had. You know, yeah. we were going. You know how you were talking about going back and watching old races. I went back and very watched, nostalgic. I went back and watched like um, there was funny moments like you know after, you know a couple weeks ago we had the, the fifth anniversary I think it was of Steve Burns passing. Yeah. You know? So went back and watched a rain delay from Texas, early 2000s. Steve Burns is out there and he's walking to everybody's motorhomes and they got a stat on the bottom of the screen. People letting drivers letting Steve Burns into their motorhomes. He was like, oh, for four. And they were like, yeah, Steve, you can't come in here. But Dick Bertrand, yeah, we'll let him in here all day. Oh, bummer. And then Kevin Harvick and uh, was it Kevin Harvick and who was it? I can't remember. Kevin Harvick and one of the other guys went and uh, TP'd Daryl Waltrip's motorhome throwing toilet paper all over it. Like that was, those are good times back during rain delays. You don't really get to see some stuff like that anymore. And that's that's crazy too, watching those old races saying, you know, them throwing it down to Steve and you hear Steve Burns. It's fun to hear him talk again. Good times. I just, I I like that we've gotten kind of got, NASCAR's kind of gotten back to the fun times at the moment, even though it's just virtually, but you know, getting to see Kevin Harvick joking with Larry McReynolds, Larry McReynolds is eating ice cream on camera. Yeah. Larry. <laughs> trying to, to recreate Days of Thunder. Come on, Larry. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. We don't need to try that hard to entertain people, do we? Yeah. I don't think so. No. Just let everybody be themselves. Absolutely. Just let everybody be themselves and have a good time with it. But So that's what's coming up. Talladega's coming up. Other than that, really nothing going on. 
We're still patiently still. waiting to see the situation that plays out with the season. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. If they bring back Rockingham, I think that'd be a win for NASCAR. Yeah. I think that'd be a win for everybody. But we're going to go ahead here, and since you got anything else to add for nope. virtual talent, we're going to go ahead and hit our final thoughts because I got a fun final thought segment, and we're going to hit our driver of the week and this week in NASCAR. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. So final thoughts, I'm gonna, it's going to consist of three parts. The driver of the week, this week in NASCAR, but then I got one more thing to throw at you. Okay. Here, here's my question to you. I became a fan of NASCAR in 2001, mm-hmm. but I really became a fan of NASCAR in 2002. When did you really become a NASCAR fan? Oh, I see this. And why? This is a hard one for me because, you know, I've been watching NASCAR pretty much most of my life. I mean, I, I definitely do remember probably watching as a little kid. I grew up a big Jeff Gordon fan for the longest time. You know, when I really became a NASCAR fan, it might have to, it may, you know, here's here's the thing. There's, I have a couple different things, reasons, you know, like maybe NASCAR, 2001 probably would be a good one because NASCAR, 2001 always, you know, I always remember in my mind, Daytona 500, Dale Earnhardt crash and whatnot really getting into the sport, but you know, I learn about the sport almost every week as we go. I always right. try, I always seem to find something new, but I feel like probably in the early two thousands when I really became a fan, because I base myself becoming a fan as when I'm playing the, the NASCAR games for console, like PlayStation two, when they had like the NASCAR game in 2003, which had like this really cool career mode and you had to rise through the ranks. You could have your own team and that's when I started kind of learning more and more about it. But, you know, as I got older, I learned much more about the sport and how now I've become more fans of, like, those drivers that are, I guess you can quote, deem them the underdogs, like the front-row motorsports, where you learn the more logistical side of things in right. NASCAR and learn how much really goes into it and how much how much a top 15 finish really means to those guys. Yeah. Like I said, I can't really narrow it down as to when I really became a fan of NASCAR because it was just... It's just as the years go, I just learn more and more about the sport. As you get older, you start to you know retain right. more knowledge. So I guess maybe in the early 2000s when I really started to figure it out. But like I said, I just keep figuring it out more and more as we go every year. And that's why I enjoy watching those under underfunded teams that really have a hard time that, you know, like I said, like when we saw Matt DiBenedetto at, get a second place at Bristol in the 95, you know, he was just like, man, this is awesome. Like that's, him coming from teams where he was racing before, like go fast racing, 32 car. Right. So See, you know. drivers progress. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, 2002 for me was the year that I really became a fan. It started off with Ward Burden winning the Daytona 500. Good race. A very memorable race to me. But then there were so many other things. You have Johnny Benson winning Rockingham, his first cup victory. You have in Dover for the fall race, Dayo. Fukuyama, you remember that name? Making history as the first Japanese driver to compete in Winston Cup racing. And my uncle has a funny story with that. He listened to him in Martinsville, and they had the spotter say, this is what's happening. And then you had the translator go, and then he would go, the car is not turning. Oh, okay, we'll loosen it up for you. And I can't speak Japanese, and I apologize if I offended anybody, but that's what he heard on the radio. Yeah, and just, that's got to be crazy, though. Oh, sorry. That's got to be crazy. The spotter's saying one thing, and then you got to immediately get it to the translator, and then, get, I mean, everything's happening why they didn't so teach, fast. Why are they going to teach the translator how to spot for him? I have no idea. Right. That's, I mean, that's like a couple-second delay. 
But then you have, you know, I, and I have this book that was given to me by my aunt at Christmas time in 2002. And it's the 2002 yearbook, Winston Cup yearbook. It even says Winston Cup wow, on there. Wow, look at that. And it's so much fun for me. And I, I go through this periodically. It's the only one I have, but it's 2002 was the year because, you know, when you start becoming a fan, you don't know the schedule and how things work and stuff. But then after a year, it's like, okay, this is the schedule. Right. N- night races are usually run on Saturday. And this is, I missed a lot of races because I thought I was looking for them on Sundays. Like, where are they? Mm-hmm. And in 2001. But this was a lot of fun right there. And in 2002 is really when I became a fan. And I'm curious to see when fans of the show became NASCAR fans or in general race fans, like yeah. what year they discovered it, but what year did they say, this is what I enjoy doing maybe or we should, watching. Maybe we should ask the fans that question too. Maybe. Yeah. Post it on Facebook and yeah. Twitter. You post it on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, I'm, not, okay. I'm not good with this social media stuff <laughs> and keeping up with it. <laughs> so now we've come to our driver of the week in this week in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. So what do you got for us for this week in NASCAR? So this week in NASCAR, <clears throat> we're going to go all the way back to the 2007 season. April 21st, the Subway Fresh Fit 500, Phoenix. Okay. Jeff Gordon on the pole. It was the first night race of the season, the third race of the season for the car tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Tony Stewart led the most laps, but in the end, Jeff Gordon ends up winning and tying Dale Earnhardt for sixth all-time on the all-time wins list at 76 wins. That was an iconic moment for sure. Uh, Jeff Gordon, you do you remember that race? Yeah, I do remember that. I was drove in, around with the th- number three flag. I was in Iraq for that race. My dad burned a DVD of it and sent it to me, and that caused a lot of controversy. That you know him waving that flag, right? But he, but I don't see it was an iconic moment. He tied what really was his main competitor, mm-hmm. and even Dale Jr. said came to victory lane and said, "Hey, that was cool. I appreciate that." And, you know, Jeff Gordon was also the first race winner at Phoenix to win from the pole also. Oh, I didn't know that. I know the first race winner at Phoenix was Kawicki. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that he was the first winner from the pole. That was interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, that that did cause a little bit of controversy, but I do remember that. That was a very cool moment. That, that was a very cool moment, and a lot of people gave him flack, I think, just because it was Jeff Gordon who did it. Right. We've seen plenty of controversy with Jeff Gordon, like like Talladega. And oh my goodness, I remember and, that. Yeah. That was really bad. Yeah, that was really bad. Okay, so our driver of the week for this weekend in the marbles is Bill Elliott, Austin Bill from Dawsonville. He was born in October eighth, nineteen fifty five, in Dawsonville, Georgia. Thus, his nickname, Austin Bill from Dawsonville. Not, and his career highlights go like this: nineteen eighty eight Winston Cup champion, nineteen eighty five and nineteen eighty seven Daytona five hundred champion. We go back to 2002, the season I became a real big fan of the sport. 2002, Brickyard 400 winner, three-time Southern 500 winner in 1985, 1988, and 1994, and the 1985 Winston 500 champion. He was the most popular driver 16 times in a row. Wow. And surprisingly enough, I think Dale Jr. took the reins for a while. Yes. Then he retired, and then his son, Chase Elliott, is now a two-time most popular driver. I don't vote for him. I don't see how he wins. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, Was that's inducted in the, 19, or in the class of 2015 for the NASCAR Hall of Fame, raced 828 races over 37 years with his first start coming in the 1976 Carolina 500 at Rockingham. His last race within, was in the 2012 Coke Zero 400. His first win came at the 1983 Winston Western 500 at Riverside, and his last win, 2000 
three at the Pop Secret Microwave Popcorn 400 in Rockingham. 44 total wins in the Cup Series, 320 top 10s, and 55 poles. Bill Elliott, awesome Phil from Dawsonville, million-dollar Bill, your driver of the week for this week in NASCAR, and had a very close loss to Alan Kowicki in the 1992 Winston Cup Championship, mm-hmm. which was a awesome season. That would have been a fun season to watch. You talk about controversy and drama. Him, Davey Allison, and Alan Kowicki going at it. Oh, man. All right, so before I leave, I want to take a quick poll, and I'm going to post this up or send it to you to post up on social media. It's this post from Joe Gibbs Racing, and it's a scorecard. Mm-hmm. There were 12 bullet points on this scorecard. So you're going to get a point for each that you say. Keep track of it, and then I'll keep a point of how many I say yes to. Okay. We'll see how many our fans do as well. All right. So – one point for each. Eating a Martinsville hot dog. Oh, no. I'm out there. I'm out there, too. Watched a Bristol night race live, I assume, at the track. Oh, then I'm out there, too. Ding. One for me. <laughs> now, it says here, taking a selfie with a Joe Gibbs racing driver, but we're going to say any driver. Okay, any driver. Okay, I, I have one. Okay, I, there's two for me. Been to the Streamline Hotel in Daytona. Oh, nope. Ding. Three. You're way ahead of me. Uh, you're going to beat me on this one, though. Visited the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Oh, yep, got that one. Camped in the infield at a NASCAR racetrack. Not yet. Not yet. Camped at the track, but yeah, not at the Not na- in the infield. And this one's a definitely a win for me. Have have it has a NASCAR diecast. Oh, any NASCAR diecast? Yeah, any NASCAR oh, diecast. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, then, yeah, okay, I so, got three. Okay, I got four. Climbed Rattlesnake Hill, which is in Phoenix. Oh, nope. Nope, haven't not been yet. that far west yet. Been to the Daytona 500. Yeah, not me. My brother went. Had a NASCAR hot pass. Yep. I'm at six. Me there. Stood against the fence during the race. Yes. Yes. Ding I, for me as well. <laughs> and visited a team race shop. Ooh, haven't yet done that. I got eight out of 12. I only got four. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> four horsemen over here, but. Uh, eight. Uh, mighty eight or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so that will about wrap it up. Uh, Preston, you have anything else before we wrap it up? Nope. Let's send it on to Virtual Talladega. Okay, yeah, absolutely. All right, thank you so much for listening to this weekend here at In the Marbles. We're going to keep you abreast of all the schedule changes coming up here, and if we learn anything else, we will definitely let you, the fans, know. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and let us know what you want to see differently throughout the show and what you think we're doing good and what not. Just keep the conversation going and be on the lookout here in the next month for new content. For Preston Lude, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you so much for listening and have a good rest of your week.